Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They can't get them, but you can catch us. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. I'm here with the pimp master, Cody Lashley. What's up, my friend? How are you? What's up, brother? I'm chilling, man. It's a Tuesday night. There's nowhere I'd rather be on Tuesday night. Chilling with my boy, the Professor Tony Dunn, and with the best Panthers chat room on YouTube, Underground West, Legacy Lane, Susan Deans, Tim Tizzy, Michael Jones, Lee Charter, what's up? Thanks you for joining us. And Tony, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Fantastic. Thank you guys for joining the number one Panthers podcast. Look at this. You're looking at my dope ass dang Charlotte Hornets hat I got for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day out there to all the fathers. We're day late, two days late from Father's Day, but don't worry. You're the man of the year. If you're listening, you're the man of the year. Just like tonight's show is about the man of the year. It doesn't matter what day, what time it is. The show is about Cam Newton. Tonight's show is starving time means Cam haters eat. We're going to be talking about, obviously, Cam haters. We'll talk just briefly about that. Mainly, we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about uh, the opposite of Cam Newton and Josh McCown. We'll talk about a little pro football focus, top 50 players, and uh, and some other things, maybe there were some snubs when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. We're here every Tuesday night. Go ahead and smash that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the show. We'd love to hear from you if you're listening on the audio podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, or Stitcher. 
You can follow us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. Tonight's show is the 20th episode of this season, Cody. And my man is here every each and every week chopping it up with me. And right now, there's really very little to talk about. Yeah, man, Drew and I were looking at what we're going to talk about tonight. And uh, there really isn't a whole lot. So uh, as you said, when we really don't have a, too much to talk about, we default to the man, Cam Newton. And there is some news uh, surrounding Cam a little bit. Uh, Ron Rivera had some things to say that we'll talk about. Uh, Chris Hogan had some very interesting things to say and some good comparisons. Uh, uh, oh, I didn't even mention this with you. Today, the Panthers put out the first video of the Hall of Honor. And Oh, yeah, Hall. I watched it. How about yeah, this? Was I was the very first view. Oh shit! That's a yeah, moment. because I got it. Um, I got the notifications set, you know. Because hey, and by the way, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you subscribe, you can hit that little bell. You know that little bell. It looks like a doom, 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 and it will. Squad. Yeah, yeah, and it will notify you just like I was at work today, and it notified me that this video came up, and I clicked it as soon as the notification came up. It said zero views, and I watched it. I was the very first mug to watch the Jake DeLone video. I watched all nine minutes of it. I also was the first to comment on it. Not that that like, matters, but the very point that I'm trying to make is this, is that, like you said, they're unleashing these videos, the Hall of Honor. They started with Jake DeLome. I think, who do we got going in? We got Jake DeLome. We've uh, got Jordan, Jordan, Jordan Groves, Wesley uh, Walls. Steve Smith. Is there a fit? Is that it? Yeah, I think four. Uh, Wesley Walls, Jordan Groves, Jake DeLome, Steve Smith. So Steve Smith, they're finishing the series with Steve Smith. And uh, so it's going to start. I think it's going to go DeLome, then to Gross, then to Walls, then Steve Smith. I'm not 100%. I don't know if I got the Walls and um, Jordan Gross swapped. But it's really cool to watch this is that you go back and you think about Jake DeLome when it comes to the Carolina Panthers and prior to Cam Newton, just being a mate like, see Cam, what I would say is that Cam is Charlotte's first superstar. Oh, is there any question to that? I mean, who else? Well, would be? I, well I mean, I think Julius Peppers. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're first star. And then star. Super, yeah, but right. Right. Star. It's like when, you go back to what Cam said when he came into the league and he was yeah. talking about being the icon. Yeah. Cam is bigger than his play on the field, I guess is what I'm, uh, what I'm trying to say here is that he is our greatest, whether our greatest, whether you think he's the most accomplished Panther, whether you think, whatever you think about Cam Newton he is the biggest star we've had. At least he shines the brightest. Maybe it's because he's offensive. I think Julius Peppers is was in that conversation. Steve Smith entered that conversation. Cam Newton has dominated that conversation. But what I like Carlton, about 
Carla Dean says Larry Johnson as the first Ooh. superstar. I don't know. That's a tough I one. I mean, I know I'm, He I'm did. Biased, ha- he was our first. Yeah, I mean, you think about Alonzo, Larry Johnson together, Grandmama. Grandmama. Dude, how about the Hornets? How about the Hornets traded Kobe Bryant to the Lakers? Well, he, no, no. House. It's not them. They didn't do that. He forced it. He forced it like a Philip River, like um, Eli forced oh, it. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Oh, so no. he said, bump shot. No, he already said he would not play from them for the beginning. Damn. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, right. Larry Johnson, Larry Johnson, Ken D says, Larry Johnson, the running back. Larry Johnson, the running back, won me a fantasy football championship. That's for damn sure. That mug was the man. I think though, I think that Cam. I know. I don't think Cam is our first celebrity superstar, right? Is that I think Julius Peppers yeah. is the best Carolina Panther. I think that Cam Newton and Luke Keekley and Steve Smith, like we could debate about who is next after that. But when it comes to all of this, is Cam Newton makes the Carolina Panthers interesting and relevant each and every week? Is he's the biggest? Yeah. It's it's you cannot. I don't know. It's tough to quantify what he has done for our organization. But look, they. But Jake Delum is the complete opposite. Jake Delum is the opposite of Cam Newton. He's undrafted. He played time in NFL Europe. But I would say prior to Cam, he was, I won't say, I would say, I know prior to Cam, he's our first, he's our best quarterback ever in the whole franchise. He was amazing. And how cool is that? Is that an undrafted free agent or whatever can come in and do all of that, make big bucks with the Carolina Panthers and mean so much to us where he gets a bust. He gets a bust. He is the first dude yeah. in the Hall of Honor, and kudos to him. He made us exciting, or he helped us be exciting, should I say? I love well, I Jake. Sam Mills is the Sam Mills is the first person I believe in the Hall of Honor, and then yeah, Jake DeLone. I mean, what, what other person other than Sam Mills, obviously, would you put? instantly right away i mean delone well when i say first is i don't mean that the first in our hall of honor but the first right the first new one yeah yeah yeah. yeah. and i think that's the best choice don't you i mean uh led us to a super bowl uh and a a great football team a a wonderful season for a relatively new football team that was his first year with the carolina Panthers. panthers yeah man he comes in competing for a spot, and my man takes us to a Super Bowl that year. That was 2003. Played with us. He signed a big contract in 2005, I believe, 2006. No, but we made the playoffs three times with him. We made the playoffs with yeah. three. And, and here's the thing. Don't forget how great Cam is with this, is that we made the playoffs with Jake three times in five years. I think we made it 03, 05, and 0, maybe 4. But Cam did that already and made it look easy. Yeah. 
you know, and yeah. and that and people, I well, I'm not again. We'll talk about how awesome Cam is, but kudos to Jake Delum. It's a great story. Go watch the video. It's very short, nine minutes. Does no justice to his his career in Carolina. He was. I think Jake Delone was too stupid to know how good he was. And I'm not trying to mean like he's an idiot, but like he was dumb enough to take chances. How and, about he was the backup to Kurt Warner in Amsterdam? Yes. I had no idea yeah. until I saw that in the in the video today. I was thinking about this when it came to who was that jackass that we drafted in the second round um, right before Cam that Mel Kuyper said was the man. He came out of Notre Dame and he was. Oh, uh, oh, uh, 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 Blaine. No, not not that Blaine Gabbert. Gabbert. Jimmy Jimmy Clawson. All right. So when I think about. Jimmy Clausen, one of the things that I was crazy about and going, I would just lose my mind watching him play is he was too scared to throw the ball more than a wide open receiver. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless the dude was wide the fuck open, he was not interested in throwing it. And he wouldn't throw the ball. It was like an old... Um, one-eyed Winky, Winky. Um, what was his name? Something Winky that we had before Jake Delum. His name is. Hold on, he was a thirty-year-old Heisman winner, and his yeah. name was something Winky. One-eyed Winky is what I called him. Hold on, hold on. The chat room, the chat room will get us. Don't worry. One-eyed Winky. Anyway, these guys were too they were too gun shy to throw the ball down the field in fear of making a mistake. Chris Winky, Lee Trotter. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. Chris Winky. Yeah, um, they were too gun shy to throw the ball downfield. Specifically, Jimmy Clausen, too gun shy to throw down the field. And so when Cam came into the league, one of the things, go back and listen to the podcast five years ago, and I know that's not when Cam came into the league, but we've been doing this five, six years now, six or seven maybe. The point that I'm trying to make is I'd rather at least have a quarterback that takes a risk than one who is too scared to throw the ball. And you think about a Brett Favre, you think about, to me, Jake DeLome was our Brett Favre. He was too dumb, and not him as being intelligent dumb, to know better. He just threw what yeah. he saw, and I loved it, I'm and a, it worked I'm gonna out. The ball. I'm going to throw the ball. I'm going to pray like hell that Steve Smith is down there, and if he's down there, he's going to catch the ball. And if it's not him, it's going to be Musa Muhammad. Yeah. And yeah, I understand. He would launch the football. And really, that that made the team much more dynamic, and uh, the ability to stretch the field and throw the ball uh, all over. That's what you Holy have. Holy cow! Brandon Herbert is in the chat room. Brandon Herbert. Herbert, what's up, Brandon? Welcome back to Brother the show, Herbert. Brother Herbert. No, is um. So to me, that's interesting. I love. 
I love the story of Jake Delum. I love the idea of this is that um that was our best quarterback until Cam Newton. How about that? How about uh, yeah, that? Sure. Is that your best I mean, quarterback in franchise history was an undrafted free agent? And you want to talk shit about Cam Newton and what he's done for the Carolina Panthers? Fuck y'all. But listen, I think what you said is undeniable, though. Charlotte doesn't have and never had a bigger superstar that was tied to the city the way that it is. You know, uh, uh, Carl did mention Ric Flair. And yeah, Ric Flair was super famous, but when you think about him, you don't think of Charlotte. You know, you don't think of the Carolinas per se. And know? he's if such you know a fucking dick. Excuse my language. Yeah, he cheers for any... Man, he, kick him out of Charlotte. Kick him out. He's a fan of the Falcons one year. Then the San Packers. The, the other, yeah. The Packers. And never some hometown love. What the hell, nature boy. Um, I believe it's undeniable. No one has as much recognition, name value, as much importance as Cam Newton does to Charlotte. There have been some fantastic ones, but no one on the level of numero uno. Well, yeah, and so uh, thank you, Jake DeLome and Steve Smith, for making us relevant. I love the idea that Steve Smith don't talk shit to Jake DeLome still. Like, they're boys. and, And when you watch the video, the best story is Jordan Gross where Jake DeLum's talking, not talking shit, but something happens. Him and Steve Smith are about to get into it verbally. And and Jake DeLum is, is, is tough enough or dumb enough to, to go after it. And <laughs> Jordan Gross says, Jake DeLum put his chin strap back on. <laughs> like he strapped his helmet <laughs> up before he went and confronted Steve Smith like I'm ready I gotta get ready I'm going into battle against Steve Smith I love that he might he might throw a blow at me I better be prepared yeah yeah I mean total competitor Steve Smith and that's why they're saving him for the last because he really is the greatest Panther and while I will say that I continue to believe that it goes Julius Peppers is the best Panther ever I think he's our best player like, I think Steve Smith is the best. Well, I mean, ultimately, I think of him as a Panther. Sad that he went to finish those last couple of years in Baltimore, but yes. he had the most productive. He was the most productive Panther. There really was. Well, here's, here's the deal. And I know that uh, Brother Herbert is in the chat. Everyone knows I'm a Cam Newton super fan, but I'll say this. If we win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton... Best Panther, most talented, whatever yeah, you say, no matter how much, no matter how much you love anyone else, it's Cam Newton, and then everyone else. And, and I mean, you look yep. at the size, the athleticism, the ability to throw the football, no matter what you think of inconsistencies or whatever. That type of player has almost never been seen before in the type of package that Cam Newton has. So, I mean, the the man is incredible, and if he wins another one. Dude, Cam Newton and then everyone else. All right, Susan, thank you so much. Again, the most generous person on YouTube. Uh, Susan, you, Love you, not, Susan. you did not, you don't have to do that, but thank you. 
and uh, you can bring your phone into the kitchen, just to let you know. The um, the show's title is Starving Time Means Cam Haters Eat. And I'm with you, Cody, as this is that if Cam Newton, he's not far off already, to be honest. But if he wins no, a Super Bowl. Number two number two. Yeah, is that the only reason he's number two is that we can debate if it's uh, Julius Peppers. We can debate over it, Steve Smith. But they've already had their entirety of their career. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that the fact that Cam has been this amazing already and he's only eight, nine years into his career is important to consider. You're looking at not the totality of events, but the whole, you know, you're looking at a partial window. But I let's go ahead and talk about the reason I titled the show this starving time means cam haters eat is because somehow on twitter there was some sort of cam newton discussion or something and then some asshole who is uh his twitter handle was like john elway's ego or i can't remember what it was and he made a joke about cam not jumping on the football or or whatever not being good in the press conference afterwards the same old bullshit right. pretty much but john elway 14 years before he won a super bowl yeah five years. five super bowl appearances he's two and three in the super bowl i believe the fact that can i mean i i think that one of the things that the internet has done when it comes to statistics for football players or whatever it may be or any sports player is that we think that like nothing means any like it's not cool that anymore it's like oh you rushed for 1500 yards or 2000 yards no big deal somebody did that i don't know is that here's the idea is cam if cam went down if cam retired tomorrow he would have a more accomplished career than like 95% of people who played in the NFL. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, making yeah. it to the playoffs four times in his career already, winning an NFC championship, being to a Super Bowl, and uh, offensive rookie of the year, an MVP. Those are like all it all you need if he gets a ring, Cody. It's like game over. Like shut when the people fuck are talking up, people. about, you know, do you do you think about, you know, uh Hall of Fame with Cam Newton and you're already looking at the records that he's broken? Uh, I mean, listen, I I think I can already make the case, you know, especially if he plays another 20. I am certain if he plays another 5 years, we're going to have a Super Bowl. I'm telling you that there is a Super Bowl victory in our very near future. I'm telling you this as I am right now. But even off of what he's done right now, the amount of records that he's broken, I mean, man, who's been able to do what Cam Newton has? I mean, he's up there when you when you match him on uh, on a lot of different things, stats, most rushing touchdowns. I mean, the, the, the threat of Cam Newton running the football makes him one of the hardest – quarterbacks to prepare for so yeah if cam newton wins a super bowl but carolina i mean come on he's a he's a hall of famer well i mean yeah i mean definitely he is is i think he already is close but you're right is that it's solidified at that point 
I don't know what we need these days to be excited. I mean, I guess the haters are going to hate, right? Starving time means Cam haters are going to eat. All right, let's go on this. Is Let's talk about this. Is that while we're talking about a remarkably accomplished player getting hated on, let's talk about yep. a remarkably unaccomplished player in Josh McCown getting a lot of love from every one of the eight teams he played for. Josh McCown announced his retirement, and it is relevant to the Carolina Panthers because he played two seasons for the Carolina Panthers. He is also retiring to help coach his son who lives in Charlotte. He played in 2008 and 2009. He had a 16-year career, Josh McCown. He finished his career 23-53. and 53. Ugh, yuck. He was 3-0 and as a Carolina Panther, but he also only threw one pass for six yards as a Carolina. How do you go 3-0 and as a Carolina Panther? How do you play? He, play, he must have come in for one down on and, and kneeled it in one game. I don't even understand this. He played two games in 2008, and he had a zero stat line with a QBR of 6.8. In 2009, he played one game. He threw one pass for one one pass for six. Oh, he was one for six, excuse me. One for six with a 16% completion rate. He got two yards passing as a Carolina Panther. I saw somebody say that he had an admirable career. And I would say admirable is one way of looking at it. Since 2011, he has gone... No, since 2013, he went 3, 4, 5, 5, and 10. He went 10, and 12, and 7 is 19. 19, and 18 is, what, 27. He went 10, and 30. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, not the best record uh, in the world. God bless um, you, Josh McCown. But I do want everyone to have the moment that you had before the show when you realize he's a better basketball player than he is a football player, dude. If you don't know, Josh McCown was a very highly recruited basketball player coming out of high school. And uh, he had offers to go play legit basketball. Homeboy can ball. Maybe he picked the wrong thing, man. Maybe he picked the wrong uh, career path. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. Nah, actually, 16 years, he probably made $50 million. He probably made, how about this? Jake DeLum getting in the Hall of Honor. And Jake and Josh McCown probably made twice as much money as him. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane, right? Absolutely insane. Brought his team to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Hey, man, it's a hard knock life. Hey, hard That's how it rolls sometimes. All right. That's how it rolls sometimes. So to you, Josh McCown, well done. And um, all right, so what else we got to talk about tonight? Oh, uh, let's. Uh, how many uh, cat calls do we have? You want to sparse, uh, sparse a few in now, then talk? Yeah, yeah. And let's go ahead and get into that. We got a couple. We got a good amount. Tonight. Let's do. Let's it. see what we got to go. Let's do. Yeah, it's pretty shit. You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like...
or on the line this year and not even just on the line. It's like success or none. Like if you have a, if you go, if you lose less, if you win, if we win eight games this year, everybody getting fired. Everybody. Yeah, you have, you have to because uh, T- David Tepper came in. Everybody was in place. So he let them have their season. Then he let them have one more season. And so they've done great. Day, Marty Herney has well, gone fucking like, balls to right. the walls. Well, Marty Herney has done a fantastic job. But what are our criticisms of Ron Rivera? That he doesn't put the most uh, talented player at certain positions. He'll go with seniority too much. And there are times when certain players don't see the field enough. There are times when he is terrible at managing timeouts and the clock. All of those things we need to see change. I'm hoping that they will. If they don't, then it's very reasonable that, you know, maybe I was right. Maybe Ron Rivera should have gone. But I am hopeful. I do think that Ron Rivera has acknowledged that he does have to change. That said, we've all said that might be uh, cutting the crust off of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We don't know what nah, that is. Nah, it went to a fucking 3-4. I think I mean, that, that is, is, yeah, this that is, is a big... That, I think that this staff and... I, I would say is that Marty Harney has done everything that he could. It's hard to yeah. think of an offseason where he could have kind of done more. Right? On top of that... Sure. I think that Ron Rivera switching to this 3-4 has shown a, a... I think that Ron Rivera has grown, maybe. I don't know. Is that I'm on the keep Ron Rivera train right now. And we'll yeah, have right to now. see this season how it goes. But right now, I feel that Gerald McCoy coming to the Carolina Panthers and citing the continuity of leadership is a big deal. And... um while we can look at the, I feel like if you go and you look at any other podcast or blog, they're all talking shit about how their coaches use timeouts, just like we are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, okay. so now, I mean, it I mean, is it, infuriating. It is infuriating yeah. that he is not better at what you would think he would be great at. Which is you're a defensive yeah, damn coach. You should know how to wind the fucking clock down. At this point in the ball game, you would you would think that he would know some of this. Also, he would choose to uh, uh, kick field goals instead of going for it with one yard left with the most dominant short yardage player in the NFL. So, with that said, everyone, we are joined by one of the founders of the C3 podcast, Joe Riolano. How are you, brother? I'm doing well, man. It's good to be with you guys. Uh, I'm looking forward to the, being on the rest of the show. Good to have you, man. Joe, we came Tony, in here have, hot, uh, bro. We came in yeah. here hot. I was setting up the show at 8, whatever. I was texting you the, the link after we already started. We, <laughs> we are hot as a mug, but at the same time, there's really not been a ton to talk about. What we're talking about now, we've been talking about Josh McCown's retirement. We've been talking about Ron Rivera's evolution as a coach. And we have four questions. We already started the cat calls. The first question was about Ron Rivera and him being a make it or break it. 
The number two question, I believe, was let's go back to this. Going back to the call, I can and I can remember maybe three out of four. One was should we be interest is should we be concerned about the role of Christian McCaffrey and maybe too much being a problem. He did play 100% of the offensive snaps. I I agree with the caller on this. 100% of the snaps too much. I'm okay yeah. if he plays 98% of the snaps. But <laughs> I'm almost like this is screw it. I hate you're not going to like this folks when you hear it. Let's just run that ass right in the ground. <laughs> That's how I feel about any running back is just run their ass in the ground and churn them out and move on. I'm not saying that I'm ready to move on from Christian McCaffrey, but trying to guard him and shield him is a long game. And I don't know if that's what you need to do with running backs. Joey, what do we do with Christian McCaffrey? Well, I mean, you have to consider who your backups are, too. You know, um, we won't have another Christian McCaffrey at running back. We're another running back, period, right now. Um, I, I think we have some in the stable that are going to prove the... Uh, we got a lot of names. Right, we yeah. have a lot of names. And, and we have some that can be interesting, but right now, we don't know, but... Um, yeah, I mean, honest to God, you want your best players on the field for most of the time. And, and you gotta remember, his, his, his deal is not running between the tackles solely. Right, right. You know? So it's not like he's taking a, a big meeting. It's not like he's Leonard Fournette, just black. Right, exactly, exactly. And that'll help him out. Too, you know, yeah, him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if it's like if a Ron slot Davis, receiver, it kind of goes back to Ron Rivera. If Ron Rivera is able to utilize the talent, and I guess more so North Turner, but um, you know, considering his work with Damian Tomlinson, I'm not worried about the number of snaps that McCaffrey gets. If if he's used effectively, he'll be used in between the tackles and as an all around weapon that he is. You know, him and mm-hmm. Cam Newton have built a connection in their two years playing together, Christian knows when blitzes are coming. He has mm-hmm. to know just like Cam Newton has to know. So that means he knows if he's on a on a hot route, on a check down. You know, Christian is a a, a comfort blanket of sorts. So mm-hmm. I'm not worried I'm I'm not worried at all about the touches. Um I, yeah, I'm with both of you. Have him on the field, man. When you have a weapon like that, you better be using them. That's an all purpose mm-hmm. pack. Well, I mean, it's callous to say that I want to run somebody in the ground, but running, yeah, but running, that way. but running back <laughs> is the position to do that at. Well, oh yeah, well, they're discardable. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They, I mean, is to think about this is that if if Christian McCaffrey is half the player he is in seven years. That is a feat in itself. Yeah, I think that'd be pretty impressive. You know, I don't care if you didn't play him at all. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, is that the idea Mm -hmm. is it's a brutal position. I think that it's just like, look, Alvin Kamara, 
I think that that's what made um, who's my man that uh, Marshall Falk. That's what made him so yeah, amazing. Is that he was able to carry and Edron James, another player like that. Mm-hmm. Emmett Smith, another one that they were able. There was a longevity that outshined that position group generally. You know, and I think yeah. Marshall Falk is probably the closest comparison to Christian McCaffrey that I can think of is that a guy that is more deadly in space. And look, is that the guy, bless it, is if you take Christian McCaffrey off the field, that's like taking Cam Newton off the field. Finally, we got a, we finally got somebody that can make plays. Finally. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, I mean, we haven't had a dynamic running back. Ta- I mean, it was a We haven't had a dynamic point. anything other than Cam since 2010, yeah, 2011. And, uh, and, and boom, that's the perfect segue. That, that Let's go to the first part of that call. Because he was asking, are we worried about Cam Newton's arm strength? Yes. He said oh, thank he, you. Yeah. I could not he, remember he said, what it was. He said, he said that it wasn't, but he was very worried about Cam Newton being able to read the field. And some of y'all are just going to have to be honest with me here. Who are y'all watching? Who are y'all? What makes someone think that Cam Newton doesn't read the field? He doesn't have a number one wide receiver and hasn't had one since Steve Smith. So he's had to spread the ball around, had to fit the football into tight windows. I, I don't understand where this notion comes from. I'll tell you why. Because Cam- he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Is it written the field correctly? Well, I think this is because Cam Newton seems at times a hair slow on deci- on dis- making the decision. At yeah, trying to, play, trying to play superhero ball. Maybe. That's, That's what we continue to say. We continue to say is he's waiting for the play to develop. Cam but Newton we've watched him. We've watched him. We've watched every yes. play. And I will, and they are right on this, is that Cam tends to have to see the receiver open rather than throwing him open. I don't know if I agree with that, man. I, I, I've I seen don't him. totally disagree with that. I and I, it was hard for me to say it, Joe. Because I've never said anything bad about Cam, ever. Well, yeah, I think there may be something to that. Um, that's not a slight against Cam. I think it's because he's always had an arm that was strong enough to fit it into those windows, so he didn't have to develop that anticipation. Right. And offenses he's been in, I'm sure that anticipation hasn't really been a big factor into where he's going. Joseph Broach says you will be a hair slow if your wide receiver doesn't get separation. I agree. Thanks you. And then Brandon All Herbert true. says I'll and then Brandon Herbert says I'll fight you on having a number one. Outside of Steve Smith, who has ever been a number one receiver for Cam Newton? None. Greg Olson? Greg Olson, the tight end? Maybe yeah. uh, are, are we yeah. saying that all right. Okay, but that's a tight you end. You can't so say that, that, a tight end is a number one. That doesn't even no, make sense. Right. So that's, a, that's, like, that's like saying that your guard is your best offensive lineman, and yeah. that's awesome. So, okay, who are we talking about? Ted Grant Jr., Jericho Cotri, Brandon LaFell, 
I mean, who are we talking about? LaFell was better We're than... Talking, the closest thing to was... Steve Smith in his back. Look, he... Well, Steve Smith, yes. But since him, it has to be... Um, Nobody. Kelvin Benjamin, his rookie silent. year. His rookie so year. You're, you're silent, the fact that it took you a minute to think of it, the fact that it would take anyone a minute to think of it, that's mm-hmm. the answer in my opinion. If you have to search the databanks that hard, he's never had a legitimate number one. He's never even had a T.Y. Hilton on the football team. I have right. seen Cam and Newton. T.Y. Hilton is a two still. I, I mean, think so I would take him at one. I mean, I mean, I'm number one. Let Jeez. me tell you what. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, uh, Cam Newton has had nothing. Team. He has had nothing on this team yeah. until right. Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey right. was the first guy that was a playmaker outside. Now, I mean, I will say, like, look, is that we did have Jonathan Stewart who had a resurgence in one year. We had um, D'Angelo, who was pretty good, who resurged a couple of years ago. Uh, you had Steve Smith at these times, but you're talking about people that have, are on the back end of their careers. So, look, we don't need to make that discuss that discussion. We all understand that. The question is this: is that is it about Cam Newton's progressions, or is it about his arm strength? Cody, last week you said this is that you're not going to feel good until you see his ass throw a damn deep ball down the field on his 100%. knees. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm with you on that. But I do yeah, agree I with this, say, is that I do think with the call, I mean, look, is Cam's greatest strength dissecting everything and moving through the progressions and doing all this as fast as possible? Maybe not, but... I think he's gotten better at it. I thought you saw that last year. I think this is I continue to see Cam Newton develop as that pocket quarterback, even though people say and continue to say he can't be or he hasn't been that. I've seen it happen. And when he has time, he is better than people give him credit for. Yeah, I I mean, it's. I feel like we have this conversation all the time now, and I understand that, like you know, it's polarizing. But at the same time, it's. I have seen Cam Newton. I've seen him throw people open. Now, if you want to say, sure, sure, enough, sure. Like I'm fine. not saying he can't. Right, like, I'm just saying if there right. is a part of his game. It, all right. How about this? If you don't like the throw and open one, how about this one? Is that we know that the touch pass. Has not been his forte, you know, and that well, is it's like this is he's kind of like playing catch with my kids. Is that I have these little children who are under six years old, and they throw the ball at, and they'll be like right beside you, and they're like, "Hey, you want to play catch?" And you're like, "Sure," and they rocket that shit right at you, and you're like, "Whoa!" I mean, right, so here, that's the Cam Newton. Those are the cu- criticisms that I think are okay. And realistic, but I don't give a shit because Cam well, Newton is awesome. And then this is my thing. So Cam Newton's throwing the deep ball and is one of the best at it. What happens as soon as you put a running back around him that can catch the football? 
Cam Newton's throwing to Christian all the time. Yeah. Like, like he's done it his whole life. You have to put – you have to show me evidence that Cam Newton doesn't do something before you tell me that he doesn't do it well. That's all I'm saying to anyone. I'm at the point, that. this, is that I don't care. All right, first, let's give a little shout-out to Underground West. He says this. Is he says, uh, I think Curtis Samuel will be will emerge as I the number too. one this season. I, I would say yeah, don't sleep yeah. on DJ, but okay, I'm happy if that's the case. Joseph Pro, uh, Joseph Broach says that Cam still went to a Super Bowl first and was the league MVP first. I think he's comparing that to other players in Panther history. For me, is this is that one of the things that the internet does? Podcasts like us, blogs on everything, tweets on everything, is we focus only on what someone can't do or doesn't do rather than focusing on what they do 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 that's right i said i said it do do and cam do do is better than your do do and he's been better than everybody else's do do everywhere that's the point is this is that like all right yeah he throws a fucking... He doesn't have the best touch ball. But you want Josh McCown, assholes? Yeah, and yeah, 100%. <laughs> and by the way, just like on the touch passes, uh, Joseph Broach said that Cam historically wasn't great on the touch passes, mm-hmm. but then it proved that he can do it. You add a weapon that allows him to be able to do it, and then he does it more. It's almost like, whoa, it happens like that on purpose. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, listen, everyone thinks that I love everything Cam Newton does. I worship the ground that he walks on. That I'm never critical of him. And fuck, maybe I do. But what right. I do know, Hell yeah. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> but, but I'm not saying that he's a perfect quarterback. There's no such thing. You're, you're fired. Fired for the C3 Panthers podcast. But, and, and perfect. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, my bad. It's See, I'm damned if I do. I'm, I'm damned if I don't. If I don't <laughs> worship him, I'm fired. If I if I praise him too much, uh, I'm a Cam Newton uh, ball Cuckoo. rider. Cuckoo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> my favorite word. Yeah. I would uh, say this is that Cam Newton's doo doo smells like flowers. <laughs> How do you know? Well, because how do you know? <laughs> why? Yeah. Why you didn't? You didn't know? Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I just, God, your doo doo uh, smells like shit. That's it does. What I, would I, say. Prom- <laughs> I promise it does. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the, we got through the. I think to me, I am with you on this. Is I'm with you, Cody. That the biggest question. Mark is not about if he goes through his progressions faster, but I want to see Cam Newton launch that, launch that football over them fucking mountains. Yes, you know what I'm saying. And, vintage, right, vintage. Right. All right, so yeah, exactly. So then the fourth part of the call, I think, was Curtis Samuel. Now, no, wasn't it nickel? Oh, yeah. Oh, the fourth part was. All right. So, Curtis Samuel, everybody's on Curtis Samuel's D right now. 
Everybody, That's a long question. He got four of them, man. He did. He got four questions yeah. in in three minutes. God bless him because most people can't get one question in in three minutes. That's how you add to the show. Well done. Um, so I think Curtis Samuel, I'm excited about him. I still think DJ Moore has, I think y'all are sleeping on DJ Moore, but I hope Curtis Samuel, if Curtis Samuel's the number one and DJ's the number two, that's like the best thing I've ever heard. Number the fourth question is this going back to the nickel defense. I love this part of the question, Cody, because everybody keeps saying, Oh, we're not running a three, four defense. They're going to play nickel. And then now when we start thinking about nickel, who the hell is the fucking nickel cornerback? Is it corn elder? Is it Dante Jackson? Please, I want Dante Jackson on the outside. I want Dante Jackson. I feel like he's our Deion Sanders, bro. That's what I think Dante Jackson could be. I I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't know who. I you know what? I I don't know. I don't really know what the nickel's gonna look like. Some people have said Sly Golden in there. Some people are upset. I saw the best thing. It was Pat Coltrane. And you can see he's got the train stop. I think that's on Wednesday nights. The train stop is another Panthers podcast. Pat Coltrane said this. Pat Coltrane had the best tweet. And it was when uh, Corn Elder picked off this pass from like Will Greer or somebody. And he said, y'all picked on Corn Elder so much that he backpedaled his whole life. And, like, he backpedaled all the way. Into, like, he didn't ever turn around. Like, because you were talking shit about him not turning around. That mug never. He just, it was the best. I got to go back and get the tweet. But <laughs> Corn Elder, don't, I mean, like, he could be something. Everybody was so hype on him. Who gives a shit about the nickel corner? I do think it's important as in a position, but what do you do there? What do you do at nickel? To the caller, Joey, what do you do? I think uh, the one person that we're sleeping on is that guy that played for Duke that broke his leg last year uh, who was came from the Giants, and his name is somebody in the chat room. Help me out. And that is... We signed him as a free agent last year, and then he got hurt in training camp. No, you mean uh, 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 Ross Cockrell. Cockrell. Get off my Cockrell. Get off my Cockrell. I mean, can he play outside? And then you put... What do you do at the nickel, Joey? Um, Nickels usually cover a slot guy. If you bring him in and they cover that guy that lines up um, in between the tackle and receiver opposite the tight end. Or sometimes on the same side with the tight end. Um, so usually they, they have to cover a receiver. Um, a lot of the time a nifty, really quick guy. So you don't want a big guy. You don't want a guy that, which has always been kind of strange because some of the nickel corners that have been best for us have been a little longer than I expected them to be. Mm -hmm. 
You're right. I, I would agree with that statement. I'm trying um, to think of that guy that we brought in in 2015. Uh, what was his name? Something Johnson or something. We brought this guy in, and he had been in the been in the league for a minute, and he added a lot to our team. And I thought, man, you're not athletic enough to play the nickel, and he he did it okay because at least you keep it in front of you. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah, you make a mistake, me. you yeah, good point. Ideally, the strong safety and the free can can bottle it up. It was right. Court, oh Cortland Finnegan exactly. Finn, Lee Trotter, yeah, yeah, Finnegan yeah. comes in, and there was another guy that came in. I thought his name was something Johnson. Drayton Florence was Leonard something. Thank you, Carlton. Leonard something. That's the exact one I'm thinking. Leonard. I cannot believe, but I, I look, and I think of him and I just was like, man, he's longer than I expected. Right. But Trill says this, anything is better than Captain Munderland. And I think that's true. <laughs> is that here's the thing is Captain Munderland was not good for it, He, it did not work coming back. The coming back home party no. did not work. And do you remember we had that Minnesota guy come on our show? And he dude, he had us hyped up for Captain Munderland and how great he was in Minnesota. And, we lo- and, and he was us- great for us when he left, too. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, right? He was great for us when he left. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. My, that's a wide open spot right now. Leonard Johnson um, is the name. I do it. Do, do, I, I want Dante on the outside. Let me tell you, from everything that I have seen of Dante Jackson, he has everything that you want in an outside shutdown corner. I mean, that's what the man does, and he's a badass at it. Um, Corn Elder, Rashawn, Golden is someone that uh, uh, that I've heard a lot about at that position, and apparently he bought into that, so now he's ready to compete at that position. Um, I'm happy with either of those two. Uh, you draft a player. And and put them in, uh, you know, and uh, stop the the down the field outside routes, stop the verticals, and we're good to go. The pass rush should be able to get home. What a fantastic call! You just made our show. In fact, how about this? Yeah, it's calling call into the cat calls line at two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight, and you didn't say who your name was, but call again at the beginning of the show because you made. The whole show. Well done. Great call. Let's see what we got next. I hear Jordan Rodriguez leaving. I'm the only cute reporter. Oh, God. My man was crying. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Am I playing? Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Here we go. One more time. I hear Jordan Rodriguez leaving. The only cute reporter. God. My man's crying. He's torn up. He's (laughs) crying. That Jordan Rodriguez. First of all, let me give you this. Maybe my ice up pick should be to all you stupid ass beat writers who Mm. think you're cooler than the damn C3 Panthers podcast. You come on the show and then you ghost us afterwards. 
I try to say nice things to you, like congratulations. You say thank you to everybody. And not that, I mean, I guess maybe I am petty enough to need to thank you. But Jesus Christ, y'all are here for two years and then you leave. Yeah. Can't say hello or goodbye. But God damn it. We've been here for seven years. Take that, motherfuckers. Nah. And and Marcel Larissa uh, left as well. He didn't ghost anybody, but... uh, it was great when we had him on. And yeah, so it was Jordan when she came on. The great when they came on. But like, it's like Jesus, y'all mugs think you're cooler than you are. I will say this: is that uh, Jordan Rodriguez put out this this post. Uh, actually, both of them. How about how is the Charlotte Observer going to replace two beat writers in the same moment? That's got to be insane. Joe, what you guys got? Some. But I'm saying that's, that's ridiculous to have to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, not being and both of them were newer. You know what I'm well, saying? It's, it's not, not like you had like a 10-year-old vet. Jo, uh, Joe Person no. had already left. He was the old hat. He left and right. went to the athletic. Jordan Rodriguez stepped into his position. Marcel Louis-Jacques comes in and steps into Jordan Rodriguez's position as the baby. Look, Jordan Rodriguez got, was wet behind the ears when she came to Carolina. Mm-hmm. We have nothing right now. Our beat writers right now, I don't know what the Charlotte Observer is doing, but what does that tell us about the Char- about the new? I mean, I think arguably it tells us a lot about the newspaper industry. A hundred percent. A whole. Because you would be thinking this is that you land that job and you trying to be the next uh, who's the I'm trying to think of the other guy that's like some of those guys uh, something starts at F Fowler something Fowler who writes for the Observer who's been there for like 30 years yeah Jerry Fowler or something yeah yeah but the these people are moving on now Jordan Rodriguez you know what is that I would argue that Jordan Rodriguez I won't argue it I think she was a pretty good she was a pretty good she was a motivated beat writer she was enthusiastic she was not asked great questions yeah she asked a lot of questions Cody she interrupted everybody though poor (laughs) poor Joe person over there trying to get a question we haven't heard that dude from ESPN ask a question in like twelve years. Who uh the one everybody uh, hates. Who does everybody hate David, from here? David Newton? Oh, Dale, yeah. uh, I have Dale? not heard David Newton ask a question in, in a press ever. conference. Ever. <laughs> yes. Ever. Ever, Joe. She asked, she was, go back and watch the last couple of press conferences with any player, and she's apologizing to all the other writers for, like, asking all the questions. But I think that's enthusiasm. I know it's enthusiasm. She struggled, though. She did not say this in her, like, uh, what is, I wonder what you call the letter you write like the like thank you for my time here she wrote this on twitter like check out my thread like thank you for this opportunity she did not mention the cam newton routes 
experience. And didn't not mention. that I expected her to. <laughs> yeah. She didn't mention Cam Newton at all. Uh, she mentioned Julius Peppers, mm-hmm. Jonathan Stewart. Yes, Kirk she did. Coleman. She yep. mentioned Kurt Coleman. She didn't uh, mention no nothing Newton. about no routes. No, Lee Trotter <laughs> says the rumors uh, is that she's taking David Newton's spot at ESPN Ooh. covering us. Oh, interesting. Now, that's a rumor. I don't know. Would not be bad, but I would say she's going to get fired shortly unless she starts making some headlines on her own like David does. Anyway, the number is 252-228-5098. We had nothing to talk about. We're over an hour into the show, and we've only gotten to the second call. Here's the second call of the cat calls line. Third. I hear Jordan Rodriguez. Oh, it's the same one. Oh, it's the third. Sorry. All right. Sorry, I forgot about that guy crying. The crying-ass Jordan Rodriguez fan. I've never heard anything like that. I feel bad for that mug. Hey, Cody, Tony, what's going on? It's Josh from Mass. I know I was absent last week. You'll have to excuse my my lack of attendance in the chat on the call. Oh, you're excused. You had perfect attendance until then. I was just beat. Uh, anyway, I noticed everybody talking about Cam's quote-unquote new and improved throwing motion, all this. Um, there's been a lot of talk about, well, is his motion was his motion really that bad before? Because he's always had a howitzer for an arm. And that's true. He always has. That's the um, word, howitzer. But I think the reason it's being called new and improved is because if you look at the way he's throwing, He's not just throwing and putting it all on his shoulder and upper back. And, you know, he's stepping into his throws. And although it's not a wildly different, it's not a massive difference. It's a zero difference. It's smoother. It's less stressful on that shoulder. I think some of Cam's shoulder problems last season arose from the way he throws the ball on the paper. Deliver a crisp, clean, smooth, you know, pass. But it wasn't the regular thing. Let's let's be honest. Can't put this out there and pop that ball wherever it's going to go. And when you start getting into those kind of habits, it doesn't matter how much you practice. It doesn't matter about how much time you spend on it. If your your motion isn't proper. You're going to have that, the balls that drift a little bit higher than you want. They drift off to the outside a little bit more. And Sure, again, you've got plenty of power, but now you're you're working your arm and your ligaments harder than you need to. So I think what we're seeing is um, Cam starting to, to pair up some intelligence, some more intelligence with his athleticism, which is really... Not to say he's ever been lacking. Right. Uh, but yeah. if, if he's lacking anything, I let's be honest, it's been football IQ. Uh, not saying he's dumb. Uh, but if he's got any shortcoming, honestly, I'd say that's it. Uh, so I think it's just a better way for him to be prepared for what he's going to be doing. And uh, I'm running up on my limit here. God damn. 252, 53, 54. Yeah, All right. Yes, these I'll mics know exactly. Uh, uh, you'll, you'll hear me in a minute. 
Yeah, look, first of all, y'all are cool as a mug when you already know. Y'all are like this. I'm on my limit. These guys are timing their own calls. I love it. All right, so I'll turn this over to Joey. Um, I'm Cam Newton's mama bear. You talked about my son's intelligence. No, but I mean, I think he's right. Is this, is that, like, it's kind of like this. If you got a huge, you know what? You know what I'm saying? Like, you've never had to worry about the little extra motion in the ocean, you know, in the bedroom or whatever, because you're like, I got this giant mug. But I'm 48. (laughs) Cody said, I know. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) But you're 48. And you're taking the little blue pill at this point. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is that, look, is that we evolve. We evolve as players. And Cam, Cam- <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, I'm dead. Joey, what do you think about this? Is I disagree with Josh on this very point. Is I can't tell shit from the... He always looked smooth throwing five yards to the 12-year-old he was throwing to the ball boy. Until I see that shit in the game speed, I don't think anything's different. No, man. I don't know. Everybody died in the chat. Cody just tripped everybody out and said, I know. And he threw everybody for a loop (laughs) in the whole fucking podcast. Magnums are expensive, bro. I'm just saying. Like, it costs a lot. It costs a lot to be safe out here, man. It's hard out here. Yeah. Um. (laughs) Yeah. I'm Puerto Rican. That's what Joe said. Yeah, yeah. See, Joe, Joe knows, man. Joe, Joe knows. Uh, sometimes it's a curse, you know. But hey, you oh, live a bunch of that. Y'all are stupid. Um, ah, okay. Now, now, Cam Newton's football IQ. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Stop thinking about us. You know what, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> Think about that football IQ instead. All right. Let's, um, yeah, uh, football IQ is definitely there. No doubt about it. Um, I believe he had a big learning curve when he first got in the league. I really believe that, but um, it's there now. Nothing. You can't deny it. Yeah, I mean, look, is that this? Is that Cam Newton is, we know he's a freak athlete. And now it's just continued. We What we need to know is this, what we will continue to watch and we believe in is that Cam Newton evolves into the next phase as he hits his 30s, right? Because when he hits his 30s, he will not... <laughs> Lynn says the show deteriorated quickly. <laughs> true, true that. Joe got thrown off. He's thinking, he's like, I can't think of my man's IQ number. Seven, <laughs> nine, nine, nine. That's what he Joe thought. Nine? No. Uh, 
the point that I, I guess this is that we all know is that Cam has been uh, amazing to this point in his career. But the question is, is this, is that uh, can he take the next evolution? Right. And I hate to say that word because it feels like Ron Rivera ruined the word evolution for us ever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like evolution means yeah. de-evolution. But the question is this, is that ultimately will Cam be able to continue that presence even if he's not able to be uh, a magic man on every year you know we'll, we'll see we'll see but uh, <laughs> everybody downhill let's just go to the next call <laughs> hey guess who oh, Matt. it's Jess hey it's Jess uh, yeah but first glance watching Cam throw on the live stream Luckily, the stream came live right around my, my break time at work. Yeah. So I checked it out. And while the motion itself isn't radically different, it's a lot smoother. It's much smoother. Because he's throwing uh, five if yards. He, if he can maintain this, he'll be putting a lot less stress on his shoulder. <clears throat> he'll probably gain a good bit of accuracy. Um, you know, and I... I Again, I think the biggest thing for me is his health. As long as he's stressing that shoulder out, uh, I, I think he'll be good. You know, we'll see a long-term upward trend. Um, and, man, the, the defense, again, I, I talked about it last time I called it. Man, the, the defense, it's just it's looking phenomenal. Um I can't wait to see it in action. I can't wait to see the 11 versus 11 drill. Uh, I'm actually happy to say I'm going to our preseason game up here in Massachusetts against the Patriots. I'm going to that. So I'm, I'm actually hoping that the third preseason game uh, will actually get a good look, maybe a firm at least, uh, at a relatively complete version of our offense and defense. Uh, I think that's about it. Now, Tom, I hope you enjoyed your, your little getaway to your Stalins. I mean, you know, doing a real bad job of covering up this whole Closet Saints fan thing, brother. Oh, but, shut up. You know, Look, Josh is right. always, he's trying to tell me I'm a Buffalo know, fan. going to have to chew on you for a little bit here. And there. <laughs> now I got to hear this for two years and, uh, that I'm a Saints fan. Yeah, that's it, guys. Keep pounding. Uh, can't wait for the season to start. And uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. Especially the man West and on the Buffalo conspiracy, man knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Y'all have a good one. Thank you, Josh from Mass. You suck. No, I'm just kidding. You're my man. <laughs> You're my dude. But don't worry. I was just scouting the other team. Just scouting <laughs> the other team. Just like you are a New England Patriots fan. Oh, don't ever say that again. Right? It hurts. It hurts, doesn't it, Josh? It hurts. Hey, C3, it's your boy, Nova Black. I ain't really got Nova much Black. to say. I'm just waiting, waiting, and waiting for the daggone training camp and then the preseason yeah. and all Starving that time. stuff because I'm on fire for some football. Amen. I'm excited to see action, and that's all I want is action. I don't care about the hype talk, this person, that person. All I want to see is some action, some click clacking, some pads hitting. You know what I'm helmet, saying? Helmet, the helmet. So, 
Anyways, concussion. I'm calling in to show some love. Yes. I'm. I might be able to catch the podcast tonight. I might not. But either way, I'm gonna share it in the morning. And That's I'm my man. To the podcast and watch the video podcast. Sometimes I do it <laughs> twice, just like that. Not necessarily in that order, but hey, just wanted to call in and show some love. Keep keep pounding, yeah. keep going, and I'm gonna keep supporting you guys. Catch you later. Thank you, Nova Black. There uh, called in. First of all, Nova listens to the show. Well, first of all, it's been a a major part of the a part of the show, not just a listener. A part of the show and that showed this past draft season when he went to the Carolina Panthers stadium on the draft night and video conferenced into the C3 Panthers draft party you can't beat that the dedication there as a fan for the Carolina Panthers and a brother of the C3 Panthers podcast thank you Nova Black for that dedication there and I'm with him Cody I want to hear some click clacking, some click clacking of the heads. And I know that's not what they want to hear in the concussion era, but we're ready to put some pads on and get some damn football because it's quiet right now. And I want to hear no mess about this, whatever this women's football they be cheering about on TV. I don't understand. (laughs) What the women's world cup? Yeah. Well, Yeah, well, they call it, some people call it football. I call it soccer, Joey. That's exactly right. And how the hell can you not score when the damn goal is this guy is the size of a fucking school bus? How can it be one to nothing? The goal <laughs> is the size of a school bus. Make the go, make, here, you want to fix World Cup? Hashtag fix, fix World Cup. C3 Podcast, got it right here. I'm going to tell you three steps. Number one, make the fucking field smaller. It's too giant. These motherfuckers, this is giant as a motherfucker. Second, let's put, actually, I'm going to give you four. Actually, don't take the, the small, the, I'll give you three and not the small field size. All right, three more. Number one is this is that I think we need to put some circles on the field. Like if you hit it from this spot, you get two points, like a two point line. We need a two point and a three point line in football. Second, when you get like two or three kicks on goal and don't get in, the ball needs to start flashing and we need the money ball. Like they get that last ball in the three point contest, you know, where it's worth more. That's what we need. We need a two-point or three-point shot in soccer. Number three, and most importantly is this, is that in hockey, they had a problem with this. Back when the New Jersey Devils were running the trap defense and Martin Brodeur was this giant-ass goalie who took up the whole goal, they said, shit, nobody's scoring in NHL, and we nobody's watching. We need more goals. So what did they do? They required the goalies to make the pads smaller, right? And what I'm trying to say is this, is you cannot make, if you're not going to make the goal smaller, you're not going to make the goalies, uh, well, you have to make the goalie smaller. Jockey goalies. Jockey <laughs> goalies. Those little... Four- 
before. I have said this. I've been trumping yeah, in this for years. I'm trying to tell you guys this will fix hashtag fix World Cup and <laughs> the most popular sport in the world. I'm ready to fix it because it's By not way, it's not popular enough. Ken Dye mentioned laundry football league, and let me tell you, dude. You go in there wanting to see half-naked women, but at the end of it, dude, those chicks throw down, dude. They knock the crap out of each other. They know how to truck. Uh, yeah, I don't know why that isn't more popular than it, than it is now. Uh, that seems to be a great show. I'd never turn down an offer to go to that. Football and almost naked women, come on, I'm sold. I'm just trying to say this is that in in hockey they made the pad smaller. Right? You cannot make the goal bigger in soccer. It's already the size of a fucking school bus. Right? You know what I mean? Like what? You can't double the size of the goal. That would be ridiculous. So what do you gotta do? Reduce the size of the goalie. That's my that's my solution. My solution. But anyway. What do I know? It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. The number is 252-228-5098. And let's see what you guys got else to say. Hey, y'all. How's everybody doing? Y'all know who this is. The Chief of RCA. My man. Hey, man. Today, I'm going to talk about, not talking about the upcoming season or, you know, my predictions on the season. I'm going to talk about this little video I just watched on Panthers.com about Jake going to the hall, you know, for the Carolina yep. Panthers. I love that dude to death, man. Yeah. People used to always brag on me and say that he sucked and this and that. Jake De La Home was my dog. That dude was something <laughs> else, man. man. He, he says just, every syllable. Yeah, he had the heart of a damn lion. <laughs> and he, he was a country boy just like me, you know what I'm saying? But he, he had a heart of a damn lion. I am so excited for him to go into the hall for for, for, for the Panthers. And I'm going to say this, and I told my homeboys this a while back. I truly believe if Jake would have stayed with the Panthers, this is my opinion, I really think we could have won a Super Bowl with him. I really, 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 really believe that. Because that damn dude was was mm. was amazing, man. I mean, I never, ever forget the NFC Championship when we played the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, at that time, I was underway. In other words, I was out in the ocean. I was in the Navy back then, and I had a friend that worked up, you know, he worked up where all the big screens and everything is at, and we didn't, we didn't have a TV signal. And I was like, please call down to the burthen. That's where everyone sleeps at. <laughs> I was like, let me know the final score of the game. He called down there and told me, he was like, the Panthers are going to the Super Bowl. I hung up that phone and he yelled at everybody. It was like, I told y'all the Panthers are going to the Super Bowl because nobody on my boat, nobody but me, believed that they could beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Cause you remember the Philadelphia Eagles? They had a good defense, but they had no wide receivers, man. They were just. It's like the Carolina was, Panthers. And the I Philadelphia like, Eagles like, were the Carolina they Panthers. Just, they daggone ass. So I want to say shout out to Jake DeLahome. You know, I never got your jersey, but now I'm going to have to look online and see if I can get one because I will rock that jersey. I really, really would. And for everybody listening and to Cody and everybody else, keep pounding. 
Keep pounding. That's our man, G. Cavassier. Thank you for calling in to the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. And Jake DeLome, like we said earlier in the show, really important part of this franchise and a great storyline. But G's remembering the good days, right? And that is, and for, for, and, you know, I mean, he's thinking back and God bless him. Uh, thank you for your service, first of all, for uh, our country and and the people, for for us, right? So he said he was in the navy, and that's amazing, right there. And and that's a that's a sacrifice that people make that I didn't, that I certainly didn't make. So God bless you for that. G. Cavassier said he was in the navy. All right. The next thing is, is I think it's interesting, too, is that how he was receiving his news and how we were all receiving our news in 2003. You know, you beat the the Eagles in the NFC championship and you hear word about it rather than today where we watch sports. We hear word instantly. On Twitter, I talk with G. Cavassier on Twitter instantly all the time, right? So I think that that's an interesting thing. But the the second thing is, is that, or the next thing, and Carlton pointed this out, is that that it wasn't a good ending for Jake DeLome. That shoulder was, was a problem at the end. He threw six... We had six turnovers against the Cardinals in the playoffs. And then he started the next season. It felt a lot of like, do you remember when we, uh, the Super Bowl with Denver, where we got our ass, where we got, we got beat up at the end. And then we played them and Cam, first of all, God bless Cam, about to win the whole shit for us. And Jake and Graham Gano missing the fucking kick. I hate Graham no. Gunner. I hate Graham Gunner more than anybody. <laughs> I do. I don't like Graham. Gunner. I do not like Graham Gunner. You guys like Graham? Gunner? What do you think, Joe? You like Graham Gunner? I like him when he makes kick. You like him when he makes a yeah. sixty-three yarder? That uh, yes, one kick. I like him when he makes kick. Kick, Cody. What do you think about Graham Gunner? I mean, he's not as clutch as I would like for him to be. There are some that he just misses just randomly for no reason. And then the kicks that you don't expect him to make, he does. I I wish he was more consistent. And we let go of Harrison Butker, the young dude from We're kicking uh, ourselves in a bunker for And the city just signed him to a deal, man. So it's like we could have had a younger guy, a bigger leg. Um, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm not. I don't. Ever, I'll put it this way: I don't ever want the game to be in Graham Gano's hands. If I have my way about it, man, I'm ready to be done with Graham Gano personally. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. That is where I'm at. Uh, before, before about uh, uh, Joe, what, what was uh, your relationship with Jake uh, Delhomme? How did you feel about him as? The Panthers quarterback. Oh man, I love him. Yeah. I absolutely love him. Big fan. Um, I just wish 
Because it's not in our Super Bowl. And at the end, Joe, it fell apart at the end. It's it's not entirely his fault. There's a lot of other factors, but he had six turnovers against the Arizona Cardinals in the playoffs, right? Like it was like three or four interceptions and two fumbles. And and then the first oh, this is what I was trying to make with the Denver game, and why I hate Graham Gano so much is because after we lost that Super Bowl, we faced the Denver Broncos in our home in the opening season. Our first game of the season was in Denver, and Cam marched us down the field to win that game, and Graham Gano missed it. But Jake Delhomme, after he had that six turnover playoff game had a six turnover five turnover play uh first game of the next season and it was just like the writings on the wall at that point you know is that it felt bad but De- jake delone prior to cam was the best quarterback we've ever had so i hate to break it to you but i think uh youtube took another shit on us bro shut up yeah i've been scrolling all right Boom. I think we gotta make the, uh, the, the shindig section longer. longer? But Maybe. I did that last week. I did that last. All right, all right. Well, I'm recording the back end. Holy shit! All right. Well, so let's do this last call, and then I do want to hold on. Last call. Let's see what we got. I think I got a last call. I'm gonna post the link to the shindig in the YouTube chat. Hey, this called D. Yeah, I'm calling in. Yeah, at the top of the program, you got, you, what's the, well, first of all, what's up, C3 family, and what's up, Tony and Cody, and the rest of the guy, Joey, if you're here tonight, what's up to you too, mean, the mean one? Anyway, <laughs> at the beginning of the podcast, remember you and Cody was, Tony, you and Cody were talking about the first celebrity, Charlotte's first celebrity superstar was Cam Newton. I, much as I love Cam, that's not true. Like I said, you you need to go with Grandma Ma, Larry Grandma Johnson, Ma. Ricky of the Year, the first soup, the first sports, af- I mean, the first professional sports team athlete to make it to uh, NBA, to make an all-star team. Yeah. But I just thought about something, guys. The real first celebrity superstar is the one and the only Nature Boy. Woo! Woo! Flair. That's the first celebrity superstar. I'm closing this call down. Closing the call down. (laughs) (laughs) Closing it down. I don't care about no Nature Boy. All right. I do want to bring this up. All right. All right. Thanks for joining the calls. YouTube is down, which is perplexing because Cody last week got it set at like three hours. So who knows? All right. The the last thing I want to do is this two things, two things to talk about. Number one is Chris Hogan said that Newton and uh, Brady are are two totally different players in their day to day routine and approach to practice. Newton is more like a kid like is more kid like running down. He basically Newton smiles. Tom Brady just yells at everybody. Anyway, 
I just thought about this is that I saw two headlines. Cam Newton and Tom Brady are alike. And then I saw another headline that said they're nothing alike. I'm pretty sure that Colin Cowherd has a hard on hearing that they're not alike in practice. Yeah. Uh, a lot of shit probably gives him a, a hard on that we don't want to talk about. Uh, <laughs> he's, True he's that. He's like a weird dude. But, um, yeah, man. Um, it's uh, Listen, I'm not really worried about the headlines. I've watched enough film, enough games. I know who Cam, uh, who Cam Newton is as a quarterback. We all do. Uh, Cam Newton's been the biggest superstar that Charlotte has had, in my opinion. Uh, you cannot go anywhere without uh, somebody knowing who Cam Newton is. Uh, I mean, he's the man. And um, I don't know, man. I don't really have too much to say about it other than Cam is the man. Yes. All right. Um, the last thing, I guess, was – let's see. I saw this. How about this? Is that the Carolina Panthers pro football focus let out uh, – they put out a list of the top 50 players – KK Short was up there at number 27. Luke Keekley was there at number seven. And I think that Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey are snubs. Both of them. I, mean, I don't think they were, they were snubbed. But uh, we had two players, KK and Luke Keekley in the top 50. Cam Newton's not there. Christian McCaffrey wasn't there. Names that bugged me, guys, were Deion Jones, Stefan Gilmore, Derwin James, I thought that, how about this, is that if we're going to give you recency bias as a as a problem, then okay with Cam, but what the hell is the problem with Christian McCaffrey? Why isn't he a top 50? You know? And so, what have you done for me lately? I understand that with Cam Newton and his shoulder and this and that, that you might want to put that off, but damn it. What does Christian McCaffrey got to do to make the top 50? He's got to be a top five or 10 running back, right? Alone. I mean, uh, I, listen, uh, Maurice Jones Jew put out a list that had him uh, as a top five. So, right. yeah, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm, listen. It's like a top you know three to me. Man, I don't know how you can raise him out of the top three. Yeah, I mean, is that right now? Is that Alvin Kamara is above him because he's been on a good team? Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's been they on had, a good team. Um, the running back ahead of him, too. Uh, Zeke. Yeah, I don't know if that was right. I don't think Zeke is Zeke's a good pretty fucking good. He's good. He is really good. Yeah, I mean, is that this? Is that this is the year we learn a lot about Christian McCaffrey? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is he more than? Is he a star? That's what we need. Is we need a fucking superstar. And I can't is he wait. Here to do it. I can't wait. I hope he. I think it's. I think it's the year to do it. All right. So that's it. Is um, Cody? We were going to do our QB rankings again, but it's ten thirty-eight. I say we get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, on a show where we didn't have jack shit to talk about, mm-hmm. we're here at ten thirty. 
still rapping. And the only reason we're wrapping up is because uh, YouTube and Shindig uh, took crash. the show. All right. All right. So what's this? Let's ice some mugs up. Shout out to all the audio listeners uh, hanging with us through thick and thin. We see you. True that. True that. So tell me about this. Is what, Who you got the ice up, Cody? So, did any of you see LeVar Ball Man. on first take? Dude, okay, so, well, no one's going to be able to see it now, but LeVar Ball, I'll play this one. I had two of them, uh, but I'll, I'll just play this one since we're only on audio. Uh, he's sitting there talking about who knows what. His son just got traded to the Pelicans, and uh, Homeboy is trying to shoot his shot at Molly Karam live on show. Uh, and the man is married, by the way. Just throwing this out there. But LeVar Le- Ball gives zero fucks. <laughs> Molly, go ahead. Go oh, ahead before I get back to him. Can I switch gears with you? Because I have a question here. switch gears with me anytime. Even Stephen A is like, what did he say? I'll play it over uh, one more time. You can switch beers with me? Yeah, you can switch beers with me anytime. Oh, That's the truth. I mean, look at yeah. it. Uh, like, I mean, play it with me. I mean, I feel like I feel good about it. I don't feel bad about that. Yeah, uh, yeah man. It's like uh, LeVar Ball. He talks so much uh, shit. Molly, I'll play go it with ahead. Go ahead. Before I get back to him. LeVar, can I switch gears with you? Because I have a question here. switch gears with me anytime. Let's stay focused. I mean, dude, this is sick. Come on. Like, this yeah. is, dude, that guy. Hey, man, I'm with him. I mean, that's like the most endearing thing he said so far in his life. Uh, yeah. And I'm mean, just talking about how great his son is. And they're actively showing clips of Lonzo Ball missing shots and, and not making <laughs> yeah. it. Dude, it was just an all around fail. Everyone talks about how. Oh, he's an awesome dad, and he's there for his son. Yeah, but if you're a son and you're constantly having to apologize for the shit that your father says, I'd be like, mm, hey, dad, maybe uh, let me handle this, you know? Quit talking for me. As your own man, you don't want another man, even if it's your relatives, talking on your behalf, man. Let your sons grow up and be themselves and quit hogging all the limelight for your own personal growth. Uh, so to LeVar Ball, I think you're a clown. Uh, I always have. Uh, yeah, I think the man's a fool. I saw. Damn. I'm with LeVar on this one. I'm ready to change gears. <laughs> Changing gears, no. Joe. You got ice up. Um, no, sorry. I need to go. I All gotta right. go start my treatment. Yeah, All right. Man, man. Joe, you yeah. out of here? I'm use my time to say goodnight. Love being on the show with you guys. It sucks you got booted, but um, I'll try to be earlier next week. My ice up pick this week goes to New York, and I don't know who to ice up in this case, but they booed Daniel Jones when he threw the first pitch out of the Yankees game, and they booed David Gettleman, and I don't know who to boo. I don't know who to ice up. I don't know if you ice up your fans for booing your quarterback before he's starting to pass. 
or your management for drafting Daniel Jones. So I guess that's my answer. It's very simple. Easy put. That's it. All right. This is C3 Panthers podcast. It's been crashing, crashing, crashing for two weeks now on YouTube. I don't like that. We will get it fixed, as Cody said in the chat room. Thank you, Cody, for being there on that. My name's Tony Dunn. You can follow us every Tuesday night on uh, YouTube, kind of, Periscope as well. We'll get this fixed out next week. We'll get in and we'll get it taken care of. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. You can call into the show at 252-228-5098. Cody, what you got? I am at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C on Twitter. Hit me up, man. Uh, it's off season, so my Twitter is uh, not just uh, Panthers oriented. Before warned, but I'll talk with you about anything in the world, and I will defend Cam Newton to the death. Damn it! From now Amen. to the day I die, it'll never Amen. change. All right, happy Father's Day the- out there to all the fathers, and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. We'll get this fixed, Cody. You're the man. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. No problem, brother. Keep pounding. All right. That's it. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.